Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So just a heads up, uh, all of you uh, conservatives, uh, you folks that maybe lean a little bit to the right and those who lean really far to the right, just a heads up, get ready to pounce. Get ready to seize upon uh, the the bank run on uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Get ready to pounce and seize. Operation Seizy Pounce has commenced. Remember... When the scandal is about a Republican, the story is the scandal. When the scandal is about a Democrat, uh, then the story is the reaction by Republicans to the scandal, right? Like, that's that becomes the focus. And that's where the, the focus is now going to shift. Uh, it's going to shift to the Republicans pouncing and seizing on this, this bank closure because Republicans are not going to be too keen on backstopping uh, the, the run on Silicon Valley Bank. Why? Well, because they, they've been funding a lot of tech startups, and a lot of those tech startups and a lot of the tech industry that, uh, that banked with Silicon Valley Banking, uh, they are openly hostile to, yeah, to the right. So uh, there's not a lot of love there. Also, when you come to the taxpayer and you say, we need you to backstop the FDIC, so, there, so that's what... The, the administration and they're selling the Fed. They're selling this as well. The FDIC, uh, the Depositors Insurance, right? That they're they're going to uh, make whole the people who had their bank accounts uh, with Silicon Valley Bank. And there's also this other one now, Signature Bank, which has a branch in Charlotte. Um, and uh, ironically enough, uh, uh, Barney Frank, uh, when he left Congress after writing the uh, Dodd Frank. Uh, bailout bill uh, right after doing that he then went to work for signature bank he's on their what board of directors or whatever so uh so yeah they, they've been seized as well they've had their assets seized as well because they've loaned out too much money and uh then people panicked and uh there's not enough money to cover all of the deposits right if you put a hundred dollars into the bank that bank then loans out 900 additional they can they can loan out a thousand dollars based on your 100 dollars. so it's a 10 multiplier fractional reserve banking it's just it's a card game it's a ponzi scheme and it doesn't work the minute a bunch of people try to get their money for the life of me i do, I do understand why it allows us to <clears throat> it allows us the you know flexibility to do the things that politicians promise but can't uh fund you know um People do, here's the other thing. People right now are benefiting from the bailout. And some of the people that are benefiting from this, this bailout of SVB, they are, they are also some of the people that spread fear about a bank run and this being a contagion. Because if you can stoke the fear that this is going to spread across the whole system, this is why you hear it being referred to as systemic Right, that this one bank's failure is going to lead to systemic failures across all of the banking industry. They had to sell that in order to get the full bailout. But the very same people that were selling this fear, 
for the last 72 hours or so. Some of these same people were investors in this bank. And they were arguing that SVB is not a systemic risk. So they should be allowed to engage in even riskier behavior. They wanted to engage in more risky loans and and, uh, investments. That's what they were arguing for over the last few years. But now, oops, got into some trouble. And now it's like, oh, we're totally systemic now. We're too big to fail now. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. He's running for president. He's a Republican, but uh, like he's a guy I've been watching him for a couple of years. He's a self-made millionaire tech guy, and um, uh, he's now running for the Republican nomination. He's also the founder of Strive Asset Management, which is an anti-ESG, anti-woke uh, fund management uh, firm. The reason he set this up was precisely because of management funds like um, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, right? And their their deployment of our assets in our 401k or other retirement vehicles, they're deploying those assets in service to their own political agenda, namely ESG, environment, social justice, and governance, ESG, uh, which actually should be like E-S-J-G, I would think, but... So I just call it environmental, socialism, and governance, because that's really kind of what they're going for. So um, the ES, and they, they create, they're creating this entire structure, this framework of scores that businesses have to comply with. Oh, and Silicon Valley's ESG score, mm, chef's kiss, very good. Very, it was excellent. It was excellent. Robert Krios, he is the founder of BasedCon and the author of more than 30 novels, Um, I thought uh, he had a great point here. The same people, well, let me back up. He says, ordinary people have been crying for relief from burdensome restrictions, uh, slander, political persecution, right? This is what the hoi polloi, conservatives, right-leaners, people on social media, right, And these same people that don't want to bail out a bank. I'm one of them. I don't think we should be bailing them out. I don't like the plan. I think let it fail. And I know people get hurt in that. I do. I recognize that. But you don't reward the bad behavior in anticipation that the bad behavior stops. If you keep rewarding it, you're going to get more of it. Robert Creo says... You can't make a punching bag out of half of the country and then expect everybody to pull together when there's suddenly a problem you care about. Right? If you're asking, where's the sympathy for all these people? Well, the well of public goodwill has been drained. He's exactly right. Exactly right. Whether or not a bailout is a good idea or bad idea, he said that's beside the point. Our elites have destroyed any sense of a shared public good. Right, like, what did we see? You've, I'm sure you've seen the comparisons between this bailout and how fast the government is springing to action versus the reaction to the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Right? What other message are people supposed to take from that? When you've got the tech bros getting bailed out lickety-split 
billions of dollars probably by the end of the day. And um, and you got people that like their their tap water is is getting lit on fire because of this train derailment and this toxic plume of smoke that uh, was released by the by the intentional burn. Like, and you get Pete Booty Gigs, you know, uh, uh, flying in and saying, "Oh yeah, it's all being taken care of," and and that's it. Like, president hasn't even visited. Not that I'm one for the big showmanship displays, but still, like. That stuff either matters or it doesn't. You can't have it both ways. And this is where it this is where the rubber hits the road. So now you're counting on public sentiment to back you as some sort of a shared sense of uh, urgency and you know we need to pull together and stick together and it's okay that we'll all kind of help pull the cart. Right, but if 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 you're always asking for help to pull the cart but you're never offering to help pull the cart then it kind of yeah, the public goodwill gets drained. He's exactly right. Vivek Ramaswamy uh, on Twitter, and he's got a piece at the Wall Street Journal as well. Um, he d- he describes what this deal is as a bailout. He says it is a bailout, pure and simple. For years, Silicon Valley Bank and its cronies lobbied for looser risk limits by arguing that its failure would not create systemic risk and it would not need special intervention by the U.S. government. Yet now, the same cronies claim that Silicon Valley Bank was systemically important. Joel Pollack, senior editor-at-large for Breitbart News, he says he's surprised by how little sympathy conservatives generally have for employees in Silicon Valley, most of whom have nothing to do with SVB, and some of whom are not woke. This is a soft form of civil war, or maybe a a prelude to it. We no longer care about each other's suffering. And that's what prompted Robert Krios to respond um, that the well of public goodwill has been drained. Joel Pollack also said that the president's attempt to blame Donald Trump for the SVB, while also citing Dodd-Frank, which arguably increased the moral hazard, is both fraudulent and misguided, as it ignores the effect of massive spending under Biden's own American Rescue Plan, as well as Biden's support for ESG. Uh, if you want to email, by the way, it's Pete at the Pete Callender Show dot com. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, and also on Twitter at Pete Callender, where I've gotten a couple of messages, some Pete tweets. Uh, this is from GJM, who says, uh, this is exactly why Bitcoin protocol was created. If people can't see this as it slaps them in the face, I got nothing left to tell you. <laughs> um Justin says, we should not be socializing the losses of multi-billionaires. The investors in the startups could cover the operating expenses for these companies, but they don't want to be responsible for the downside and or the dilution of their investment. Yeah, there are other options available. Back to, um, oh, let me get this one too. I got a, uh, this is from Tim. Regarding the SVB bailout. I was reading Zero Hedge, and I was watching Stephen K. Bannon on War Room, and I found the following. So I, I did not see Steve Bannon. I don't watch his stuff, um, and uh, I, I, I am wary of him. Let me just say it that way. I used to be more, well, I'm, I'm wary of him. 
I just, I will leave it at that. Um, but I saw an appearance. This is the only reason I saw it was because I was watching the Tim Pool podcast, and he had on his uh, podcast uh, Matt Gates, congressman from Florida, and Dan Bishop from North Carolina. And so uh, I think somebody may have sent me the link uh, about uh, that Dan Bishop was on this, and so I watched it. And then about halfway through, Steve Bannon joins them, and they start talking about this stuff. And uh, I got to tell you, Bannon is not an optimist. But and this is why I'm wary of him is because I know in media fear sells. He knows this as well. He is a master at marketing. Um, and the, the stuff going viral, clickbait stuff. I mean, he was, you know, he did to Breitbart the stuff that I didn't like that was done to Breitbart. So that's why I'm wary of him. Um, but I recognize his intellect and I recognize his ability to strategize. And it seemed to me like he was churning some of the, some of the fear on this stuff over the weekend, uh, as he was discussing. And he offers no, off ramps. He offers no solutions to this stuff. It's just kind of fear for fear's sake. But I'll, I'll, so yes, Tim has, uh, Tim's got a write up here about Bannon's position on this stuff. I will get to that. Let me first, I'll get Dean on. Why not? Let's see. Hey, Dean, how's it going? Pretty good, Pete. Sound, you sound good today. Thank you. Well, I mean, I've been resting, Better. yeah, I've been resting for like, uh, four days. So I should hope, uh, yeah. <laughs> I should hope it helped. It's got to be better than Friday. Hey, uh, on this financial stuff, I mean, to me, I just, read the headlines the rest of it i i could care less about because it to me it's just like wash rinse and repeat i mean if you go back to 2008 um you know who who paid the price where 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 did the executives who went to jail i think one guy went to jail or something was the big story that came out of it i you know i as long as the government can and the banks can collude and print more money i think there's nothing really much to worry about. There's nothing to worry about? I, I think that, I mean, to be aware of it, yes. To worry, I mean, worry, worry, you know. Um, I, they, they haven't called me into a Federal Reserve meeting yet. They haven't uh, tapped my, at least used my opinion. So, I mean, I, I'm sort of an observer in all this, as most of us are, aren't we? Well, you're only, a, I mean, are you an observer in your own life? Are you an observer of your own life? Oh, no, I'm going to react to whatever the circumstances are. Right. I, you know, so, I, so why I, not I act think... ahead of time? Why not, why not no. plan? So, like, for example, people that were no. saying um, you got to take all your money out of your, uh, uh, your, your bank accounts, right? Is that, something yeah. that, is that something that you would, that you would do in this kind of a situation? No, I, I think every, I agree with, you know, I understand that every individual is responsible for his own actions. Right. And I think that's, that's where it should be getting middle and then be of it, Matt. You know, look at, look at what's going on and all that. And, um, it's, it's just gonna, it's just, you know, if anything, look at, look back at it historically. You know, the, the government printed more money. They covered all the debts. We have more inflation. It's, you know, that's why I felt sort of like it's wash, rinse, and repeat. Right, but the the reason why we go over this stuff and the reason why it's important to understand why these things are happening is so you can then be prepared 
for when the cycle resumes, right? For the next step in the cycle. So you're yeah. prepared and you could take whatever actions you need to take ahead of time. Dean, I appreciate the call, but I, I, I don't, uh, I mean, I, I'm not one of these, you know, all is lost, woe is me, and what's the point of anything, right? I, I'm not like that. So I, I go over this stuff to give you an understanding of the fractional reserve banking. That's the problem that's at the heart of all of this, the inflation, the Federal Reserve, right? And, and what I suspect might be coming is more problems like this, more problems like this. Because once, and, and this is what was predicted when they started printing the money, like it was going out of style, it's going out of style, right? So to identify the problems, but then also to say, okay, well, how do you guard against that? I will tell you personally, and I don't recommend it for everybody in all circumstances. You need to do your own research. Everybody does. Uh, but silver coins, silver coins are good. They're cheap, way cheaper than gold. <laughs> you know, and uh, I suspect we'll have a lot of value as currency. God help us if we ever get to that point. But it is a way to put your money into hard assets that are always going to have value because they always have. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's military surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old school traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. American made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. Email is Pete at the thepetecalendershow.com and um, on Twitter at Pete Calendar, where I see this. Uh, there are at least 26 public pension funds managing money for around 80 pension plans who directly held stock in the parent company, of Silicon Valley Bank, it was called SVB Financial Group. Okay, twenty-six public pension uh, public pension funds, and on the list is North Carolina. Um, North Carolina total retirement plans six million dollars. Uh, that is their holdings in the SVB Financial Global, um, six million dollars. So North Carolina pension is uh, caught up in. The SVB uh, collapse. Let me go over here to Tim. Welcome to the program. Tim, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm all right. What's up? Uh, here's the deal. Um, I uh, have a daughter who has $80,000 of student loan debt that she is never going to be able to repay. Um, despite all my counseling and praying, she made these bad decisions. Um, the only saving grace to that is she accepts that it is her debt. And along with me, we are against the Biden student loan forgiveness. But when you see these people, these wealthy people being bailed out just because they're wealthy, it makes it very difficult to stand on that principle. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's where I am at now. You know, And if I throw on my conspiracy tin, tinfoil cap, I'm wondering if the reason he's bailing these people out is not simply to shake that foundation. Mm. But uh, I don't know if they thought it through that far. Well, it's, yeah, well, just uh, as a principle, it becomes much harder to then say this class of people don't get the same perks that this other class got, 
uh, and people will start saying, well, where's mine? You bailed them out. Why can't I get bailed out? Exactly. Yeah. That's the, it's, a, it's another one of the moral hazards, right? This is another one of those uh, precedents that gets set. Because, look, and the, the reason why we're, we're doing it now is because we did it in 2008 as well, right? They, they, they sort of set the precedent back then, uh, too big to fail. It's now part of our lexicon, and now today's actions become more palatable because of what happened in 08. And uh, that's why they call it the slippery slope. And before you know it, yeah, you're you're you know you're bailing out everybody for everything. Yep. Tim, yeah, we're headed down that slope. But I appreciate you allowing me to just uh, voice my concern. Oh yeah, absolutely, I, Tim. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Uh, no, it's it, it's a great point. How do you then speak against any kind of forgiveness program for any kind of debt, medical debt? Right, which to me that like medical debt is sort of the easier reach than than tuition debt, right? Because medical debt you didn't even really have a choice in. You got sick, you got injured, you rack up medical bills to stay alive. Why not forgive those debts? Jubilee for everybody. All right, uh, this is an email from Tim, uh, who was talking about uh, Steve Bannon on. Uh, uh, the War Room, I guess, is his uh, podcast. Um, number one, more than 97% of the deposits in SVB are over the 250000 FDIC insurance limits. Uh, and I think, I think that is in line with what I've seen as well. Number two, most of the depositors are either in the venture capital business or are tech oligarchs who are, number three, usually lefties, who have been censoring the deplorables during the COVID and uh, he calls it the COVID scam. Uh, I, I assure you, COVID was real. It was released by a lab, intentionally or not, um, uh, who generally hate the right. SVB depositors withdrew more than $42 billion late last week before the crash. Right, because that's what, that's what caused the run. Uh, the same oligarchs now want the regular guy to backstop their losses via some kind of bailout while they themselves have plenty of money to set up a private credit facility to backstop SVB itself. Uh, SVB's risk managers are two women who are LGBT and are more concerned about the uh, equity than risk. Yeah, I've seen this as well. They've been, they've been, SVB, just like all of these, you know, woke companies, they've, you know, They've gone all in on the ESG and DEI stuff. And so uh, people are saying, oh, maybe if they paid more attention to banking instead of DEI, whatever. Like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they're, the e, I, I don't know how much of their business model and investment ideas were all funneling towards ESG stuff. I imagine it's probably a pretty large amount of it, but I'll wait to see the books on that. Um, Stephen Bannon is now urging everyone to call their senators and representatives and demand that they not bail out these reckless people. So um, Vivek Ramaswamy, running for president, founder of Strive Asset Management, um, he says that uh, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, insures only deposits up to $250,000. The bailout creates incentives now for risky behavior, teaching large depositors that they can throw money at risky banks without diversifying or conducting due diligence. SVB long lobbied for looser risk limits, 
by arguing that its failure would not create systemic risk and thus it did not merit special intervention by the U.S. government. However, now, Treasury Secretary has deemed it systemically important. Which is it? You can't have it both ways. You guys made this argument. You literally argued that your collapse would not spread, would not be systemically contagious. And then when you collapsed, now you want, you want the public backstop. Now you want to get bailed out. And you guys have enough money to do this yourselves, but you're not doing it. To the extent that failing to uh, make SVB's uninsured depositors whole would have heightened the risk of a run on other banks, the, res- the Federal Reserve should have played its role as lender of last resort. Another option would have been to increase the FDIC uh, coverage limit to a level that would avert a run, shoring up public confidence in other U.S. banks without showing favoritism towards SVB. Silicon Valley Bank's situation is different from that of most U.S. banks. Only 11% of its deposits were insured. While the operating accounts of small businesses often exceed the FDIC limit, large banks usually sweep the excess into cash management programs that then buy treasury bills and other securities. As the nation's 16th largest bank, SVB simply chose not to do so. For some reason, Roku, the publicly traded maker of streaming devices, had $487 million balance in the bank. SVB also had a concentrated client base of tech startups whose needs were capital or needs for capital were highly sensitive to rising interest rates and there was the key there was the key highly sensitive to rising interest rates and when the interest rates started tacking up because they had to because the inflation because of the spending the writing was on the wall now uh, except for a couple of people, uh, heads up or uh, kudos rather to uh, to the CEO Greg Becker, um, who until Friday he was a board member of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. He was savvy enough to sell three point six million dollars of his stock just days before the bank collapsed. I mean that is just that's just some good banking, good banking strategy. Again, a member of the Federal Reserve Board in San Francisco. Tell me why we we need to backstop this deal. No, we don't. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy running for president, but also the co-founder of Strive, sorry, Strive Asset Management. Uh, he had an editorial, uh, an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, and he says either Silicon Valley Bank was incompetent, or this is a case of moral hazard, taking excessive risk and expecting political favors and bailouts. Which, by the way, thank you, Justin, for this. This was today on NBC, or sorry, yesterday on NBC Sunday um, in a discussion about SVB, uh, the Democratic ATM Bank. I want to start very quickly with banking crisis. Maria Teresa, you were just saying you were surprised you haven't seen Powell Powell yelling out more forcefully already. Jay Powell, well, I, the Federal Reserve Chair. If you actually you look at which bank this is, this is the Silicon Valley Bank. This is the startup bank. This is also oftentimes the Democratic ATM bank of all those investors. And so the fact that you don't have these individuals, the investors that invest in the yeah. people. So the fact that you don't have someone actually talking from the administration and being so forceful, I do think that we're, what we're going to see are Republicans saying, oh, you shouldn't bail this one out. Mm. 
it's going to be, I think, very much on along political lines. Ah, see, pounce, seize, pouncey seize. Okay, seize pounce. That's the operation. It's underway. Uh, turns out SVB's real hedge was to curry favor with the Biden administration. In 2022, SVB publicly committed $5 billion in sustainable finance and carbon neutral operations to support a healthier planet. SVB's 2022 ESG report lists a litany of, quote, cross-function working groups, including a sustainable finance group, which monitors progress against SVB's climate commitment, and it had an operation climate group that monitors implementation of operational greenhouse gas reduction initiatives rather than apply basic risk management practices SVB resorted to lobbying for looser risk limits taxpayers should not vindicate SVB's political hubris he uh, concludes the piece later on saying Silicon Valley entrepreneurs want to move fast and break things, but we should not let them break public trust as a long shot maneuver for a special bailout that uh, that is not how capitalism works. Here's an email to Pete at the Pete Uh Pete, socialism by definition is that commoners collectively via monetary policy and the tax system cover the costs of the fraud committed by the members of the would-be ruling class. Working hard or being smart doesn't get you into that group. It's only allowed by birth or invitation. He's exactly right on that. This is the whole this is the American dream, which is that you can you can move up in the social order, become wealthier. You have the opportunity to do that. You, it does not require somebody reaching down from above and bringing you up to the, you know, the, the upper echelon of the elites. In other words, he says you can't start at the bottom and work your way up to chairman of the Fed, for example. Yeah. Um, and then there was, uh, then there was this, the Silicon Valley Bank story, but with jokes. Uh, this is at a guy by the name of Jeff Maurer, and he writes at a, uh, his uh, newsletter, Substack newsletter, called I Might Be Wrong. And um, he says, uh, we all know how banks work, right? You give them money, and then they pretend to have it. Oh, sure, sure, we're going to keep your money right here. And they make a big show of putting your cash into a safe with one of those big metal wheels on it. But the safe has a back door, and the bank sneaks your money out and does all sorts of nefarious stuff with it. Your money go, uh, funds, you know, Dogecoin-backed securities and mafia-run frozen yogurt shops and a counterfeit Girl Scout cookie ring. Right, the $5 your grandma gave you for your birthday is used to place a bet on a monkey kickboxing match in Indonesia. We agree to this in exchange for checks that have our favorite sports team on them. And, of course, can't forget that sweet, sweet... Point zero 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 two percent interest rate. The problems start when you go to the bank and ask if you can have all your money back. Or as Michael Banks said it, in the documentary Mary Poppins. Right. And that starts. The bank won't give someone their money. Well, I'm going to get mine. Come along, young man. Every penny And give me mine, too. There you go. That's how it starts. Right. And it all traces back. It all traces back uh, to George Bailey. That's where it really does. It all goes back to George Bailey. Notorious financial predator out of the Bedford Falls building and loan. This sociopath spent a decade rampaging across the country, bilking gullible hayseeds out of every last dollar they had. 
Act's crime spree finally came to an end where they caught him and they uh, sent him uh, to the electric chair. I think that's the I think that's the way that happened.